Welcome to another exciting topic at Kopi Events. That's right. And today's topic, if you can look at it, yes, that's what I was saying the last week. Today's topic is going to be very sizzling and the topic is sex getting too hot. That's right. Um, you know, the, when we talk about this topic, you know, most of the people are actually very shy. They don't want to discuss. They don't want to talk about it. But today, we have a doctor on board and she's coming and I'm going to make sure this show will be very exciting and sizzling as well. Let's invite Dr. Angela. Hello, Dr. Angela. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Angela, as you heard. Okay, so I'm a family doctor by training who has um, specialized in sexual wellness. For the last couple of years, I have been working with individuals and couples, how to navigate you know, this taboo topic around sex, um, how to bring the sizzle back into the bedroom, and how to enhance relationship that way. Thank you, doctor, for that very great introduction about yourself. Doc, I mean, I know uh, we just connected and we talk about this topic uh, to bring it at Kopi events. And uh, to all the viewers, it's a very good news. Um, the topic today that we're going to have with Dr. Angela Tan, um, Sex Getting Too Hard, will be in Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. And it will be all in our social media, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook itself. So you can share and like it, all right? Um, Doc, before we even jump into this topic, um, when we talk about sex, um, there's always this, you know, um, like shyness, look, I do not know, you do not know, you know. But among friends, or very close friends, you know, we talk about every other thing. But is it something to do with the culture or is it because of we as in Singapore, very reserved? What is this take in this, Doc? Uh, I think it's multifactorial. I mean, one, you know, how many of us actually talk about sex in the family setting? And family is supposed to be the safest place, right? And if you're uncomfortable talking about a topic as such in a safe space, then it's really hard to bring it anywhere else. And then I do know um, guys, they rarely talk about sex for what it is. It's more like, oh, you know, um, I did it how many times with so-and-so and so. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, for somehow, females think that Sex is also supposed to be like automated. If you kind of admit that you're having problems or having pain, then there's either something wrong with myself or something wrong with the partner that I chose. So all in all, it doesn't look good on anyone. All right, doctor. So gotcha. Um, and also, um, how sensitive is this in Singapore? I mean, I know um, when when I'm with my friends or, you know, a lot of people when they're with their close friends, they do share. But like what you mentioned, it, it could be, is it because of the uh, family settings or maybe uh, we are not very open society? Is that could be also one of the reasons that you may say? Yeah, I mean, um, we are not very open in the sense that we are not comfortable with the topic that way. I mean, if you look at it, you know, the private genitals, other than the actual name of penis and vulva, like how many other names has it have? And why right. do we need so many fanciful names for just these two body parts? And we call the hands the hands and the feet the feet. Yeah, very true. So there's a certain connotation of shame and embarrassment about our genitals for what they are. It's actually so our human body yeah. part, isn't it, right? It's our human mm. body part, but then... We are a little shy to talk about it. So that's yeah. what we are going to figure it out today, Doc. Thank you for joining us at Kopi with Vance. Uh, I know the weather is crazy, so I'm not sure if uh, usually before the show starts, I will have a coffee. But then now it's all about water. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. 
Um, people out there, please hydrate yourself. All right, dog. So we're going to jump into the topic, dog. Um, the first topic is, of course, uh, as we said, sex is getting too hard. Um, in in a couple, um, that what are you going to see right now? What kills sex in the bedroom? Well, to me, being in a long-term relationship for a while, that kills the sex in the bedroom because, you know, people get bored. It becomes a routine. It becomes like, oh, we are going to have sex every Friday night, for example. Yeah. And we start to lose the spontaneity. And, you know, that, you know, when you, when you first start to date a person, everything about this person is great. But after a while, you get to know this person better. Their traits, they're unlikable, start to come up as well. Yeah. And the more you see this, this person, it's like, it's, it's something very, very simple. Coffee, you're talking about coffee. So if this morning, if my partner have left the coffee cup after he finished the coffee on the table and went off to work, it would have irritated me. Like, this is our house. You know, why aren't you taking a role in cleaning up their coffee cup? So if the idea of that coffee cup remains with me in, into the night, will I still be excited about him? Probably not. So it's little things like that that adds on. And of course, with work stress, you know, with the pandemic, that's hybrid working situation, the boundaries of home and work comes blur. And most of all, kids. The moment when you have kids, you know, your sex drive just plummeted right all the way to the bottom. You know, dog, you, you mentioned a very uh, solid point here. You know, it's becoming a routine. Or rather, you know, uh, you know, it's going to be the same thing. It's just going to be the same performance. You know, uh, or it becomes like a chore. Um, in terms of uh, couples, like even when you're talking about the bedroom itself, uh, is it very necessary for couples to always be uh, spontaneous rather than saying, okay, today we are doing at 3 p.m. At, and 10 seconds? <laughs> is, that, is that something that you anticipated and then you lose all your drive? No, on the contrary, you know, um, when couples come to me for sessions, my advice to them is actually put a time aside for sex. Okay, what happens is, you know, when things goes in the routine, we start to take things for granted. And even though we are in together in the same house, we kind of just take each other's presence for granted. We no longer want to connect each other. We're just simply connecting with our phones. I mean, how often have we our self-experience or, you know, seen people, when we're lying in bed side by side, we're actually still swiping the phone. Um, so what I actually do in my sessions is to encourage couple to really set aside their time and space for each other to connect. It's not about having sex because the prelude to sex is actually the desire to connect. And this desire to connect is hard to be spontaneous nowadays when we are so many things in our mind and our phone notification is beeping nonstop. Yeah, so, so probably the couple's the having sex and then they're looking at a phone. You know, they probably lose the whole interest of... Uh... Yeah, you know, doing yeah it. No, wondering who has liked your post, whether it's on Twitter, IG, TikTok, LinkedIn, whatever, you know. There's always this like, oh, you know, did somebody like the thing I just posted? Who commented on my, you know, yeah. something, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So then maybe we should have a first rule uh, saying that couples should not bring the phones to the bedroom. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, um, I do that consistently um, okay. with my spouse. Like every time we are for a dinner date, um, no phones are allowed in the dinner date. Ah, okay. Yeah. So uh, viewers who are listening to this, please you know, try not to bring your phone. You should put a, like a basket or like a container outside your room and put all your phone there and come inside the room, all right? Whatever happens there stays there in the room. Thank you, uh, Dr. Angela, for that uh, taking that uh, particular question. And also, um, 
how do long-term partners look for in sex? Because you see, Doc, um, before someone gets to know, I mean, some says, you know, we're going to reserve it only after marriage. Uh, some cultures or some faith says, no, you know, we only do it after marriage. But then when they start to explore, oh, oh, um, we are not getting what we are or the anticipation or the expectation wasn't met. Um, what happens, Doc? So that's that's why we are looking at these right? long-term partners, what they look for. Okay, um, so there are different types, you know. Um, so for some people who have yet to try, it's a lot about figuring out actually. So one of the things that I encounter in my sessions uh, for this particular group of clients is that they forgot that sex is also a skill to be learned. Okay. Like, you know, we will take days, takes weeks to learn how to rollerblade, learn how to do wakeboarding or something. But then we expect ourselves to be at our best at our first sexual encounter. Yeah. And that, of course, is not going to happen. And when the disappointment comes in, it kind of ruins the relationship and the doubt starts coming in. Am I actually doing it right? Am I actually competent? Is there something wrong with me? Et cetera, et cetera. So for first-time couples, um, they're actually looking to explore, really start from ground zero. This is your lesson number one. Allow yourself to fumble. Allow yourself to, well, mess up. It, it could be messy. Um, allow yeah. ourselves to figure out you know, which position will and which don't, how to angle yourself accordingly, how your partner likes to be touched and fondled. So there's tons of exploration to be done on session one up to maybe 10. Right. So uh, I do hear that, you know, there's some trial and, you know, home trials have to be done before, you know, someone becomes expert. Uh, thank you, Doc, for that. And also um, as uh, long-term partners, right, Um you know, so those who are in the early 20s, they say, oh, it's Ooh. very interesting, very fun. As you go into 30s and 40s and 50s, uh, three times a week, four times a week has become three months once, six months once. Is there something that is lacking of? Because probably in your session, you have done many years of coaching. Is there something that is missing in the couple? Oh, that is not important. Oh, I'm getting agitated. You know, don't waste the time. I want to sleep. You know, the kind of, like what you mentioned, because of this not only the endemic that we are in uh, because of the stress and targets that we are in, is, it could be the reason also psychologically the interest just dies off for long-term well, it's partners. not the interest. Or rather, like I said, um, desire are not always spontaneous. And the longer we are with partners, the less spontaneous it's going to be. So intentional effort needs to be created to how then to get yourself excited and interested and want to be engaged in this whole activity. So in fact, in long-term partners, what they're looking for is actually a space to connect, to reconnect, rather than a space right. to get all hot and passionate, you know, like stripping off within the first three minutes, that kind of thing. Yeah. But how do they get reacquainted with their partners as well as themselves? Because seriously, you know, as a woman who has, you know, had a child and going through different phases of my life, I do realize that my body has changed. And then to re-explore that with my partner is a very different experience compared to, you know, sticking to the eight, the same old script that I had way before I had a kid. Right. So to me, uh, intimacy comes in various ways as we mature. And it's even more interesting because now you have a partner who you trust and you have a partner who has been for you for a long time who doesn't mind your flabby shoulders or flabby tight. Okay. Yeah, and, and that kind of gives you more room and more space to uncover 
what does your body look for right now? What does pleasure right. looks like for you? And what does intimacy and reconnection feels like? So to me, it's about giving us ourselves the chance again to then re-explore. I'm saying that I would explore again because um, sex is never a script. It's always about discovering about who you are, yeah. who your partner is, and what the relationship is really about. Right. So I do hear that it's about communications as well. Is that what? what you, uh, am I getting that mm -hmm. right? Communications? Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to go back to the, the first question that we talked about. So yes. um, sex is not necessarily to be done in the bedroom. It can be everywhere in the house. Definitely. Open to yeah. anywhere you want. Um, and sex here also don't always mean intercourse. Okay. Right. So sometimes, you know, having an enjoyable sexual activity does not require any form of intercourse. For all we know, there can be other forms of exploration. Right. So, because probably, dog, you know, that's why as we talk about, you know, the only place that, you know, a lot of couples will do it is in the bedroom. Uh, because the kids are sleeping, you know, mother-in-law there, parents are there. Oh, yeah, quiet, yeah. Don't you know, everything. Is it also because of that pressure? Ah, yeah, no need to do that. You know, they kind of, you know, uh, unless it's holiday. But holiday, um, over the past two years, you know, I'm not sure whether couples are having more sex, but, you know, the time of traveling out and having their own space without the children, mm. you know, nowadays travel mm. also, children also come along. Yeah. So is it also because of the commitment that the couples are losing their interest, losing the frequency of, performing or doing it together oh, oh definitely i mean you know having kid whether it's one two or three or four it really turned your whole house or your family or your couple dynamics upside down because there's more yeah. things to manage now and there's also more reasons for you to quarrel so all <laughs> okay. these things will then add up <laughs> yeah right. so right. um therefore a lot of times what happens in my room um is the talking out of these issues that are totally not related to sex but somehow they contribute strongly to how the couples are handling their dynamics. Right. Thank you, Doctor, for that. Uh, all the viewers who are watching this, we have more interesting questions to ask Dr. Angela Tan. But if you do have a question, please do type in the comments and we will definitely will take it. And if it's in the podcast, you can always hear it. If you want to have some time to you know, discuss it with Dr. Angela, engage us. You can always type in the comment section. And we will definitely will try to answer that. Um, we got more interesting topics to talk about, but right now we are just in the bedroom and now we are coming out of the bedroom and let's see where it's leading to right now, right? But there's definitely going to be a lot of great tips coming along the way. Um, Doc, before we even go into the next uh, topic itself, um, we, we do know that, you know, the maturity starts, you know, start uh, family planning and when the kids comes in, responsibilities. Um, with so much of... Uh, I would not say it's burden, but so much of responsibility within the couple, um, they do feel exhausted, feel not relaxed. So is it a part of psychology that, you know, that that requires or the, the physical, you know, I'm not, you know, up Ooh. to it, you know, I'm getting Ooh. tired. I, I don't want to go through it. You know, either the woman can say that or the man can say that. Is this also kills the that excitement in, in within well, the couple? it does. And therefore, um, I always broaden my definition of sex as beyond just intercourse. How about essential massage for your partner when he or she is tired? How would that change things, for example? Okay. Or how so about, it's you know, still physical contact, right? Yes, it's it still is, a it physical is. contact, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, if let's say, you know, your partner has a bad day at work, how about just providing their space to listen out to him or her without providing solutions, but just listening? Right. Okay, and how okay. would that change the mood again? Mm. 
So it's always about understanding what your partner needs at that time, what you need at the time. And sometimes, you know, it's quite common for us to have different sex drives throughout the year. Because yeah. um, like, for example, you no know, accountants are extremely busy in the mid-year and the end of the year. It's gonna, you, you're going to ask for sex during those peak periods. Your partner will probably kill you. <laughs> yeah. Right? Sure. You can't sort Excel spreadsheet to look through and you're asking for sex. Huh? Okay. So it's understanding your partner's cycle and what do they really need at that time. And sometimes, you know, it's even offering, okay, like let's say if I have a lower sex drive and I know that my partner, you know, has the urge, I can even offer, you know, should I help you with masturbation? I'm not interested in it, but I'm more than happy to help you out. And right. that also creates another form of intimacy because now you're talking about vulnerability in the relationship. Yeah. You know, how many of us are actually comfortable with masturbating in front of our partners? Or, yeah. you know, just at the receiving end. Because someone's also guilty. You know, I can't just enjoy myself and, you know, ignore my partner. That's not right. I should give back. Yeah. But that's going to be the feeling as well. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, being open to receive the pleasure for what it is, actually give your partner a chance to contribute without feeling stressed out. And that change right. the relationship dynamic entirely. Right. So that's why when I say sex, it's never just about intercourse. It's mm. about connecting. And connecting you know, no, can only uh, happen. It's also going into relationship, right? You know, it, you, like you mentioned, definitely. it's massage. Yeah. So massage is a great thing. Mm. Right, so it's simply right. about building those bridges such that connection can happen in a way that is going to be recharging for yourself as well as your partner. Not something that's wow. energy and drains you out and you feel like, you know, I'm really have a tired day. Why do I have to deal with this? Mm. You know, Doc, uh, apart from these um, topics, or rather the topic, I mean, driving into, moving into segments, uh, but we also know that, you know, some couples have certain medical conditions, like guys have ED, erectile dysfunction, yeah. or even the yeah. women who have dryness. Um, I mean, that also could be the contributor of rejecting oh, definitely, sexual... Definitely, definitely, yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you from... a tip. Um... Okay. I mean, I have tons of this content produced on my Facebook page if you would like to find it. But I'm going to summarize it here. Okay. So um, over time, due to medical conditions, due to age or whatsoever, um, erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation can then happen. Okay. So men, I hope that you understand that the function of your penis is not tied to how much pleasure you can offer your partner. Okay. By understanding yeah. what your partner needs, how she derives pleasure, how she receives pleasure is the key to help her enjoy the session itself. Mm. So right. if you, you need, whether it's oral sex, fingering, or even toys that can be brought into the room to enhance the whole interaction. Right. So you can and be then, back to children again, right? Playing with yeah. toys. Yes, absolutely. And toys, I don't always mean vibrators. You know, like a simple blindfold, for example, can oh, okay. enhance yeah. Yeah, your, your ability because the moment you block out your eyes, because our eyes are actually the one that deceive us the most. That's right. The moment you take away the visual cues, the body is now awake to receive various sensations and pleasure. Why? And with the enhanced sensation, your partner is going to be more sensitized to the tactile sense. And that will mm -hmm. then bring about a different experience altogether. I mean, feel free to try it. There's no harm. Yeah. 
You know, uh, all the anger chiefs, the towels tonight, uh, all the couples who are hearing this going to try it out. <laughs> all right. It's a great tip for Dr. Angela. I mean, it's your senses, right? You can't see, you know, you like to explore and that's where your senses are coming in. Well said, uh, doctor, for that. Um, doctor, we are going to jump into the next segment. Um, and also before we go into the segment, because that's correlated with this uh, second question that we have asked. Um, especially as in, in, a, in, a, in a relationship, um, a couple, right? Um, maybe the male, or rather, he has some medical condition, and the female is overly sexual, high, very high Ooh. drive. But unfortunately, there is a mismatch of yes. uh, connectivity. And when that happens, when the person is not getting as much of these sexual experiences or pleasures, the person then starts to go way out, which is the cheating, ah, the one night stand. Okay, okay, uh, okay. The, 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 you know, try to explore mm, um, mm. what will be the take on this dog okay i mean okay um to me you know if you are open to having more than one partner in your relationship it's not a major issue itself but the issue comes in are we spoiling the integrity of the previous agreement okay so let's say is there's a discrepancy in the sex drive it's best to then bring it on the table and talk about it what can we do to you know handle this discrepancy for example, like mm. I said earlier on, you know, one partner can help the other partner masturbate, for example. All right. And if the other right. partner um, is just, you know, the sex drive is too high and just helping with the masturbation is not enough and he needed other forms. For example, he needs to go online to work it out with someone. Then how about setting boundaries for that? What is actually allowable and what is, you know, going off the limits of such interactions so that you don't have to cheat and hide to get your sexual urges fulfilled. Can we do it in the form of an agreement? Why? You see, because it's about respecting each other. I mean, let's say, for example, you know, a simple scenario, okay, food, all of us eat every day. Okay. So let's say if you're feeling a little bit more hungry today and your partner is feeling less hungry, you bought two packets of chicken rice and chicken is pretty precious right now. Okay. And yeah, your partner pretty... can't, can't finish it. All right. Do you just grab the leftover chicken rice and finish it? Or do you, you know, ask, like, you know, can you finish it? Would you like me to finish up for you? Because he or right. she may say, oh, I want to keep it for dinner, actually. Right. right? And to me, that is simple respect in the relationship. If you are doing that with chicken rice, why can't you do it with even more sensitive topics in the relationship? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, Doc, um, yeah. very interesting, um, like what you have mentioned, the few points, but the, the, the one of the points that I think it's happening everywhere in the world, um, couples having a fantastic relationship, right? Great, everything is provided, family's happy, kids happy, but let's take the an, an individual, like the male, he has high sex rights and he has to do like seven times a week, but unfortunately, um, you know, the wife is like, you know, once a week or maybe once a month. So because of that scenario or because that situation, um, that particular male goes out and, you know, fulfill his fulfillments and, and whatever that you need to get it um, satisfying. But then uh, when he get caught, example, um, the mm. whole relationship just goes. Uh, yeah. So that's also very, very tricky. Like what you said, like I said, I think I will pull back into communication because communication is also plays a very important part. But what happens if one of the couple um, just don't want sex anymore. So what will happen in that situation? Well, um, in my experience that I work with, yeah. at least for couples who are willing to come out to work with me, yeah, 
all right okay because sometimes you know the relationship may be so bad that none of them want to work on it and i'll never see that so i don't know what happened to those couples okay. um but at least in in my practice when people come to me they're willing to work it up and they start talking about it they're touching it up so the woman in this case they tend to feel guilty they feel guilty mm. about not satisfying their partner's needs so they will come in with anger with betrayal with hurt as well as a strong sense of guilt yeah okay so it's about letting the spouse also understand that you know it's not something that's entirely the woman's fault or the man's fault but how okay. our each um construct or how we are as a person our own psyche has contributed to all of that and how best mm. do they want to resolve it so there are men who of course say you know actually i don't want this i want to have a long-term relationship with you i'm really in love for you you know let me change and we find ways to deal with it right and of course um i have met a, a smaller number of couples who after mediation think that you know it's best that they break up so to me it's never about is it always about staying in the relationship or breaking up it's about what's best at that point in time for both of them what will allow each individual to you know enjoy their life whatever it is and have enough empowerment in themselves to make the best decisions for themselves at the point in time so sometimes um cheating is a way well if they overcome cheating it actually um give the relationship a new light a new promise a new empowerment and sometimes cheating becomes a way for two people to become stronger individuals so we never know what's going to happen after that right um you know doc it's a very interesting topic because uh, when we talk about yes. sex you know a lot of people always want to talk among you know i i do remember when we are the guys you know very close friends hey you know uh, who's longer who's you know who is yeah, thicker yes. you know this kind of stuff yes, but when yes. when we want to discuss it to as, as a group i mean of course mm -hmm. you know they don't want to show that you know yours is 5 cm lesser or mm -hmm. you know that's kind of stuff but in 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 a relationship itself i mean husband and wife they are very responsible they're taking care of the child the family is good you know dinners and everything is taken care of. but their sex life is affected because of you know different uh, opinions or maybe they have a different fantasy maybe the husband wants something bigger or something smaller you know those kind of stuff uh well it can be uh, other way around as well the, the wife probably wants bigger and longer um but what happens if sex is not uh, it's a missing element in that relationship and it cannot be solved could be because of sex the whole relationship can be break off um well i would say that it is possible but then usually for couples who have mature setting up families and you know children and everything is working out they are less reluctant to break up because of this sex component what then i work with them is to find different ways of connecting because um, all of us have a desire to connect but it could be in different love languages so it's about finding that out and looking at where is the highest match so for example you know if the guys want me number one is physical okay then then it may not match because the girls may not be physical as number one then what is the number two number three that starts matching and we start to build bridges so back to the theory yeah. connection is about finding the bridge to build from both ends right okay so we're trying to you know come back with with all these possible solutions to you know to stabilize the relationship um 
But do you think if uh, one of the couple, all right, either the wife or the husband, you know, want to try varieties in their life, is it, oh, I want to try all these before I become 70? I mean, of course, you're not asking permission, but there are some couples who probably say, you know, you can go, but we must come back. You know, those kind of special agreements, or we call it the yes. best, uh, what is it called? The friends well, with benefit or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, morally, it's not right. But in terms of their needs, if they do that, they also could be in a very difficult situation, psychologically, physically, emotionally. Um, so this sex thing is, I, I, it seems like it's very, very important in a couple's relationship. Yeah. I mean, to me, like I said, you know, if there's an agreement to be arranged, it can be talked through, you know, to make it something of a more open relationship and boundaries can be set up, for example. So in, in terms... Um, I'm not sure whether our audiences are really familiar with this, okay? So open relationship is not something new. It has been around ever since caveman times. Okay. Right? We never have a fixed partner during caveman times. It was always about choosing who was the ideal one. Okay? So in a formal marriage agreement, unfortunately, we never had a clause that say what to do and how to discuss open relationships. Yeah, we don't have that. Yeah, so if that something does arise and it can be talked out, it can be mapped out in a way that, you know, remains, that keeps the integrity of the marriage intact and yet doesn't deprive, you know, one person of something that's important to him or her. Right. So it's about setting boundaries, for example. Like, okay, if you want to see somebody else, you can, but this is a criteria and this is what you can or cannot do with this person. Hmm. But provided that so both a, of them agree with it. Correct. correct. It's really, really mm. tough to have these things open up, but it's not impossible. Right. Just that it okay. takes a lot of effort on both sides to ensure that mm. it's safe for both people. Right. I mean, of course, if you are single, uh, you can do whatever you want to because there's no... Uh, not, you know, a very funny thing because I do emceeing for... Mm. ROMs, marriages. So mm. whenever after the um, the marriage cert has been signed, the ROM cert, yes. you know, I always ask the guy, what are you trying to look for in the certificate? Are you looking for the expiry date? No, you can't <laughs> find the expiry date at all. Unfortunately, <laughs> but the fortunate thing is she be there with you all the way. So both of you must be together. Um, on a serious note, of course, uh, mm. this can actually be very fulfilling. Couples can go and grow stronger if it's a great oh, relationship. Yes. Yeah. But unfortunately, because sex can be a little bit, um, if one is not getting the needs, uh, then probably they may differ or detour and then yeah. come back. And then that become an habit. And then mm. habit becomes eventually you will get caught or you will get, you know, into trouble. So that will be, should be avoided. Um, yeah, if, mean, if those I, things I, are happening. Yes. Yeah. So Sorry, to me, my something? point is not yeah. about avoiding trouble. Is yeah. really how much do we respect this union that we sign up for? Okay. Yeah, that's, so that's where I'm coming from. Um, what can we do or what should we do to ensure that we keep to the agreement that we signed? And that was yeah. not, not talked about at the front of the relationship. And one of the things that I do um, is prior marriage, I actually talk to couples about okay, what are they looking for in the long term? And what are some boundaries that they have around, for example, you know, open relationships or finances, for example, sexual needs, for example. These are the, mm -hmm. you know, um, the more touchy topics that people don't discuss right. in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, but I usually encourage those discussions to happen. Right. But, Doc, I know, um, I know this can be a bit controversial, 
Um, yes. Do you think that before getting married, a couple, you know, comes to you um, and then said, okay, I uh, I love to have seven times a week. Then the girl said, no, I only love to have one once a month. Example, example. Or maybe she said, yes, yes, she's not ahead, interested. Or probably they never even experienced it or probably in their previous boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. But then how can the link be connected and said, hmm. okay, uh, you know, if the guy wants seven times, she won one time. You know, there's a big, huge differences. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I, I know sex is not everything, but it's also a part of the whole relationship. If that is missed, it can a lot of things can go wrong. How can this be fixed? Um, okay, this is so super hypothetical because usually in real life, people we have a lot more factors to look at. Um, and one important factor is you know what does this sex means to each of them. All right. Okay, so for example, you know, if to the guy, okay, it means, for example, just handling urges. Again, then there are ways to cope with the urges without just sex. But if sex to him, you know, means a way of getting connected, then are there other ways that can also fulfill this connection part without actual intercourse? So it goes right down to what do people seek for in the experience? You know, it's just like why today we want to eat wonton noodles versus chicken rice. Is it because the queue is shorter? Is it because, oh, this is the famous one, so I must try? There's usually a reason for us in doing something. So the moment we can uncover the reasons, we can adapt it according to the situation. Okay. Hmm. You know, um, like I said, to get the couples together for many, 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 many years, um, does sex ever dies off at any point of time? In in in, uh, maybe say, uh, couples at eighty years old, can they have sex? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, it's not so common here, uh, but in the Western world, it's actually very common. And in fact, okay, so there are some research that has been done about looking at the couple in the entire life. How does the sex drive actually works? So usually when they first get married, it's like, oh, sky high. And the moment they are pregnant and have their first kid, it goes right though. And it comes out again um, when the kid starts um, primary school, secondary school. And you, that's why you get, you know, kinky parents in their 40s and 50s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then um, interestingly, for this Western country, there's another peak at 70 and 80. Oh. Oh, because at that point in time, they don't care whether they get STI or STD because they're about to die anyway. Yeah, okay. And, you know, <laughs> they are no longer fertile for females. So the yeah. worry of having an unplanned pregnancy is simply zero. Right. So, yeah, it happened. That's not here. Okay. So maybe we are a little bit more... I won't say we are a little bit backwards, but uh, I think we, we Singaporeans are very reserved, very strict. Hmm. Oh, no, this is not for us after 70. You know, are we, like, very super focused and super strict? Is it could be the reason we are not a bit too relaxed we are always uptight you know is yeah, that could be I mean, the reason um, as well of course there's a lot of taboo around it and in yeah. fact um, a number of women after menopause will conclude that you no know, sex has died after menopause because unfortunately mm. menopause is so some is a taboo topic and it's very misunderstood that way and some women does have very extreme uh, symptoms including lower libido dryness right. in the whole vagina area that simply kills sex so when that happens you know, after you've been rejected by your partner for like two years due to the menopausal symptoms, I think you kind of lost the urge to ask for it anyway. Mm. So that's why, you know, sometimes it just plummets down during the whole but menopausal then the two years, 
Yeah. Yeah, but during the two years, the guy is like high and dry. Yeah. Yeah. You see. So um, actually, well, and menopause is a whole other topic for another day because there's um also yeah, other strategies yeah. to yeah, counter those things that come along. Yeah, we will talk about that very soon on the next topic. But no, um, in terms of uh, when the sex is all time low, uh, what can couple do to make it more interesting? You know, I mean, but rather than you know just inserting into the vagina and you know the guy's penis. I mean, it's human body part, but we less we talk about it. But when the sex drive is low, like you said, you know, use towels mm. to increase the fantasy and even the mm. senses. But any any other ways, you know, people who might want to go into um, illegal pills that we not, not definitely not and recommended at, at all. Um, apart from that, what is another you know booster effect? Uh, to me, it's always about exploration and more explore. I mean, it takes time to figure it out. I mean, you can attend classes on tantric workshops, sensual massage, go and learn something together, or even just as simple as you know, go and learn how to do a couple dance like bachata together, for example. So little things that gets you into the couple mood all right or even right. signing up for baking class together for example and when you bring that baking home you know nice thing can also happen with all the food plate um so it's just about how do we allow ourselves to be creative and not be stuck with the same old script um, and there's mm. tons of toys online right now um, you don't even need to go to a sex shop and feel embarrassed about it just a few clicks right. on the website you get you know this nice box in discreet manner sent to your house and deliver to you yeah yes that's right so that's soft as well um a sure way to get rejected in the bed by a spouse you know when your <laughs> wife is in the phone and then you're like hey i want i want the one <laughs> you know those kind of stuff you know or maybe it's a guy losing the touch of being <laughs> like romantic with a bottle of champagne and a couple mm -hmm. of roses hey darling you know all those kind of stuff or is it that you know oh we know what is it. We've been doing this for years. Come on, just open. Is that we are taking it too lightly or are we not going back to the basics? Is that also why a lot of them get rejected? I mean, definitely that contributes, you know, if you're not reading the mood correctly. All right. And and interestingly, um, I have spouse after 20 years who still miss, miss each other cues. All right. Yeah. So it's only when we talk about it, then they go like, you mean that was a cue for you to initiate? I thought it was just a normal cuddle that you do every night. <laughs> um, so little things right. like that. It, it's, it's quite funny when things start opening up um, on the table and then they start to yeah. see, like sometimes the rejection is unintentional. Yeah. It's not like this person bear a grudge or you know, no longer finds you attractive and things like that. And a lot of times we made up assumptions of what our spouse thinks of us. And I, I think right. to me, um, that's the really bad part about how the rejection spoils the relationship. And I guess for some reason, when we are rejected, we make it too personal. Like it must be something about me, like I'm no longer attractive, etc., etc., And therefore my partner is no longer interested in me. But sometimes it's, it's, it's never about us. It's just about the situation, um, about how your partner is feeling that day or, or whatsoever, just about talking about. And one of the things I usually advise is how do we handle rejections when it happens. So if you need to reject your partner, okay? So give a reason for why is that happening and always offer an alternative so that, you know, you 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 can sound as if that you're putting effort and you didn't mean to reject him or her. So for example, you know, right, honey, 
I'm really not in it tonight because I have a big presentation coming up tomorrow and I'm not jittery. Okay? Yeah. But I'm happy to give you a blowjob today. Okay? Or we can urgent it to next Tuesday. I'm great that day. That's a communication again. That sounds? Yeah. Yeah. And that's so much more palatable. But people don't do that. Right. So just one word. No, not today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> then either part will just get other either party also might just get disappointed there. Yeah, and then the resentment builds up and that's what spoils the relationship right. because then if the next time round when the partner wants to revisit this, the bad memory stays. Right. Yeah, and, and accumulated bad memories then spoils the relationship. Right. So it's a very good thing to rekindle um you yeah. know the basics again, you know, guys, if you're watching this get a bottle of wine or champagne or even if you think that you're not drinking it's fine right just bring a bottle of mineral water or chocolates you know make the other party you know just become you know just cool and relaxed but doc uh, it's also you know we all know that scientifically it's proven when you have sexual uh, intercourse your dopamines increase your oxytocin serotonin your endorphins your heart is working your blood pressure is going through you feel very relaxed no anxiety no stress so couples should do every night, isn't it? Well, I mean, like I said, you know, it's not just about intercourse. You can always just cuddle, and the cuddling yeah. itself also produces oxytocin, but oh, not go. as much as an orgasm does. But you yeah. know, better something than never. Right. So instead of always gunning for the end point of intercourse, 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 how can we make every time we spend together something pleasant? Yeah, and that could be little... lead to that could lead to sexual as well, right? I mean, if you give yeah, your partner you... a massage, correct, that correct, will correct. lead. Yes, and then All from right. a women's point of view, sometimes it's not about the champagne or the chocolates. Like if okay. you have made the bed in the morning, yeah. I'll be happy. Okay, guys, you all know what to do. Hearing this, <laughs> please make your bed. Uh, and also, Doc, I mean, by we talking like that, I mean, if all couples are listening, I think that'd be great because then the low birth rate will start increasing, you know, um, even in Singapore, even around the globe. I think low birth rate is one of the pandemic, we can call it or endemic, right? It's always been there, you know, the, the population is just reducing. So it's good to, you know, rekindle, bring back the chocolates or give the massage like what Dr. Angela Tan has said. It's all great tips, guys. And please do not go into the rejected you know, don't do things like, you know, um, make her hangry or something like that, right? Or the, I mean, he, when we talk about it, we always say he's always the one who was asking. But is there a, a, a time where the woman will be asking the guy, hey, I want tonight. And the guy say, no, I'm tired. Yeah, I got a presentation tomorrow. Does it happen? Uh, yeah, of course it does. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is where, um, because, okay, so interesting, there was a study that talks about this. All right. Okay. So, if okay let's say if i ask my partner about sex and then we had it um i will feel good factor last for a day okay? okay okay so let's say if i ask for sex okay and i didn't get it but the few good factor that my my partner has also lasts for a day mm. so because just by asking i'm assuring that he's being wanted right and that desire of being wanted actually makes a person happy okay so sometimes okay to so, be rejected because you still make your partner feel happy about it okay you know in, in the exercise we said you know you need to do at yes. least 60 minutes 
uh, three times a week by the health organization or WHO, you know. <laughs> but 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 in a sexual, does it have a frequency or duration, doc? I mean, do we say do three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Do we have that that, that sort well, of thing? You know, or... is <laughs> You know, in Singapore, you know, if everything has a protocol, it's so much easier because somehow yeah. we are being trained to follow protocols. Yeah. But to me, no. Um, sex doesn't have a protocol. I mean, there are couples who have great relationship. They're only having sex once a year. And wow. there are couples okay. who know what in it, you know, twice, three times a day. And that's really, really all right. So to me, is in the couplehood, how do we constantly create moments for us to create that connection? And build that fulfillment that we long for in the relationship. How do we right. care for each other and you know be cared? And sex is just one of the many avenues to get there. Beautiful say. I mean, I keep on hearing communication. So definitely, Doc, um, you are preaching all about communications and a lot of other methods as well. But I think communication is the key for getting couples together and spending more time and not only just sexual relationship, but a lot of other factors that we have just discussed. Um, mm -hmm. We'll be going into the another segment again, which is of course the sexual position, right? We know that you know Kamastra and you know certain mm -hmm. magazines and all these sites that we have. Oh, you have to do this three hundred sixty degrees, seven hundred eighty degrees, or whatever, or so ever. What will be the preferable sexual position? Okay, there is no preferable position because every body, every body literally is different. Um, some of us are taller, shorter. Some of us has got longer, shorter penises. Some of us has got penises with a um, bigger grief and some of us is smaller. Some of us has got shorter vaginas. Some of us got tighter vaginas. And some of us, you know, different shape of ties. And the height difference between our partners, they all changes the way how sexual positions are actually preferred. Right. Okay. So instead of going to what is preferable, you know, know how it works best for you and your partner and always try new things. You know, to me, um, a great sexual experience is not about both people having an orgasm, but it's about, you know, despite the mistakes, the fumbles that we make, can we still laugh about it and continue on? Yeah. Right? And it's that exploration where the connection happens in a different way and when vulnerability is shown in a different way and intimacy is built in an all different way. Right. Okay, and of course, you know, there are many ways to enhance um, the whole experience itself from breathing techniques, energetic works techniques, and of course, the tactile techniques and things like that. So positions is just one of the few components to make the whole experience magical. Right. And in fact, you know, most men, when they are doing penetrative sex, you know, the average time is about five minutes. So why focus on the five minutes when you have 16 minutes to look at? Why? Right? And also, uh, like what, what, what I'm just hearing right now is that um, there's no such thing as an easy position or, or the, the most difficult position. It's just about an exploration of a couple to come up with something that they love, uh, something that is not normal or something they, they it's normal, but they are enjoying. Yeah. So it actually matters to the both of them, right? Yeah. I mean, like a slight tilt of the hips, adding a pillow here, adding a pillow there, slightly changing your body. It actually angles. Um, well, of course, if mm. you look at it, uh, the sensitive part of the penis, which is at the head, you know, has got so many little points. The moment you change the angle of contact, the sensation feels different. Right. Right. And that's how, you know, 
little thing will work. And then when we change the angles of the female's hips, for example, we are also changing the contact point between the penis and the vagina wall itself. And guys, please note that, you know, most women feel more pleasure by clitoris stimulation more than vagina stimulation. Hence, the right. focus is never about penetration. Okay. So, all right, that's uh, our topic for another day um, about anatomy. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But all the but newbies who are listening yes. this, good advice by Dr. Angela Tan. Thank you, Doctor, for that. Um, all the newbies will be learning that as well. Um, we, we are going to go to the next one. Um, sure. Of course, size and length matter to her. Uh, like I said, everyone is different. We have all different sizes. Uh, in truth, like I said, if the focus is on clitoral stimulation, then the size doesn't matter. The length doesn't matter. Because how much you enter into the vagina does not actually stimulate the clitoris. Right. So it's about the angling of the positions or enough foreplay to have adequate clitoris stimulation such that when penile vagina penetration happens, it creates a new high to the whole experience rather than just doing it for the sake of doing it. Right. So, Doc, I, I, I mean, you know, when we talk about sexual experiences, you know, it's just not just about doing it or just by hitting it. it. It involves a lot of maybe communication, like we said, exploration, sensation, uh, feeling and talking about it, smiling. So that makes the whole experience phenomenal rather than just going into the base and, dun, 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 and okay, we are done. Oh, yeah, okay, go. Cool. You know, there's a huge difference, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's the beautiful part um, when most of us has got a regular partner. We can actually explore more of this because in the new partner, you're always trying to figure out what is the basic fundamentals. You know, what actually takes off the person and what doesn't and all the awkwardness that happens. It takes up all the space from being able to be fully present in the interaction. So to me, at the end of the day, um, nope, the size and length itself doesn't fully matter. Of course, it can matter to more to some couples. I cannot say it's 100% for everyone every time. Right. But, you know, if we can focus on how do we present ourselves to be present in that whole interaction and allow love to happen. I mean, and that's why love making, right? Right. <laughs> right. How do we actually make love instead of just having intercourse? Right. So um, we talked about her. Now we're coming back to him. What matters to him for him? Oh, you got to find out from your partner. This is, you know, all boys under exploration again. I know of men who love blowjobs. I know of men who don't like blowjobs. I know of men who is you know, so eager for a prostate massage. And some men say, that's way out for me. Okay. Right. So it really goes on to, you know, how well do you know your partner and how far will, you know, each of you would like to explore. Okay. And, you know, to some men, um, I need boobs to get excited. To some men, I like fat-chested women. So it, it really right. depends from man to man. I don't know about your men. Right. So it's all about the uh, individual preferences, um, maybe the fantasy, or maybe they have some kind of imagination. Mm. So, I mean, whatever it may be, of course, to try it with your regular partners to explore on it. Um, we're going to go, wow, interestingly, it's 51 minutes. Think about it. <laughs> it, it just seems like we just started the topic a while ago. <laughs> Yeah, uh, definitely. interesting. But viewers, um, please ask us questions. Like I said, um, Dr. Angela will be more than happy uh, to take these questions. Um, please type it out in the comment section. We will answer it as much as possible. Um, and also please take note that uh, we are now officially in podcasts, in Spotify and Apple 
podcast and in social media we are now in linkedin youtube and facebook so please do share and like and um for the past 51 minutes with me is dr angela tan a family physician intimacy coach and a co-founder of academic of relationship and sex so sex is not just about doing it but it's about communication it's about exploration that's what we are getting all this valuable information from dr angela tan um we are going to go for one more question doc and before we say adios amigo um we, we talked about you know what happens in the bedroom you know it's not necessarily only to be the bedroom it can be anywhere a couple like so explore sex never dies you know we, we hear so many great tips from you i'm sure uh, the Singapore government is going to thank us because the birth rate is going to go up, uh, obviously. Uh, apart from that, what makes sex amazing for couples? I mean, we, we talked about a lot about exploration, a lot about communication, but in a nutshell, um, what will you advise? To me, as long as you love your partner and you want to show your love that way, okay, and that's what's going to make sex amazing. It's not a chore, it's not a routine. But it's another way of you showing your love and receiving it. Keeping your mind and your body open for all of that to happen. Perfectly said, Doctor, for the past 55 minutes right now as we speak. Uh, thank you so much for all these uh, tips and then advices that you have given. Uh, once again, uh, Dr. Angel Tan, a family physician, intimacy coach, and a co-founder of Academic of relationship and sex. Doc, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, um, is there a website or is there some kind, oh, yes. some kind of communication? Yeah. Mm. Well, we'll leave our website on the chat below. That's right. So we was, right. So we're going to leave uh, Dr. Angela Stan's information there. Um, if you do face any challenges, like what we talked about, you know, and something you want to ask personal, please, all will be confidential. You can approach Dr. Angela Tan. Thank you, Dr. Angela Tan, for spending with Kopi with Vance. Unfortunately, we didn't have coffee today uh, because of the weather. <laughs> so, but definitely we're going to catch up coffee very soon. Thank you for joining us at Kopi with Vance, Doc. Definitely. It's my pleasure as well. Thank you, Vance. Thank you, Dr. Angela. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Bye. All right, folks, uh, it's, it's a great uh, topic today. Um, that's what, right? Uh, sex getting too hard. You know, sometimes we don't talk about this. Uh, first time ever in Kopi events, we had uh, a topic on sex. Over the past two years, six months, we talked about all about topics on mind, body, your body parts, and we talk about a lot of other stuff like lifestyle. But today's topic is very important because to keep couples uh, going for many, many more years, not just about sex, but it's about relationship, but sex is just a part of it. But without that, it can cause a lot of confusion. It can cause a lot of detours and a lot of other things may happen. Uh, but, you know, like what Dr. Angela Tan has said, uh, it's all about communication. It's all about exploration. It's all about your senses. I think this is the key point for a great relationship. It's not just about sex. It's just not just doing it, right? Like she talked about the penis, the vagina and all those stuff. But we are always shy to talk about it, even to our spouses sometimes little ego there you know sometimes you need to, need to drop it um i know sometimes guys and girls are within their good friends and they joke about all those stuff uh but sometimes you don't really identify this issue because that could be another health problem that we talked about the erectile dysfunction uh and even for the woman for the dryness or any other you know painful penetrations a lot of stuff so i think it's very good that you need to get sometimes an expert advice uh not to just to be in silence and suffer through it or not enjoying the 
great workout. I call it the great workout. It's also a physical fitness workout. When you have sex, like we talked about, the serotonin, oxytocin, your dopamine, you feel good, you feel get very sweaty and you're ready. In fact, you, it calms you down. All right, so exercise or sex is definitely a very helpful for your life and makes you fitter and stronger and a great mental health as well. This is Scopy Events. Uh, once again, I'm thanking Dr. Angela Tan, family physician, intimacy coach, and co-founder of Academic of Relationship and Sex. And uh, thanks for, uh, for all the tips and uh, advices that she's given today at Copy Events. I'll catch you soon on the next topic, every Wednesday, 9 p.m., Copy Events. This is your Vans. I'm signing off right now. I catch around. See ya as usual. Adios, amigos.